Tonight, former Secretary of State Madeleine Albright calls out the nonsense that is Donald Trump and his America Firsters. The House Judiciary Committee wants Jeff Bezos to testify in front of them. Tara Reid is not only back in the news, but the Donald Trump campaign has an ad out calling Joe Biden the Democrats hypocrites over it. And Alex Jones could eat you. Don't go anywhere. Peaceful Globalist Review starts now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the May 1st, 2020 edition of Peaceful Globalist Review. I am your host, the Peaceful Globalist, Efron Josine. And ladies and gentlemen, right off the bat, we got a good story for you guys. Somebody else calling out what I've been calling out this entire time, this America first foreign policy idea, is just a fantasy. It is honestly just a fantasy, and that person is a former Secretary of State and immigrant, Madeleine Albright. Um, thank you, Ms. Albright, for doing this. Uh, Madeleine Albright, Trump's America First policy hurts U.S. on coronavirus. Yes, and if you don't know, Albright was Secretary of State for the second term of Bill Clinton's administration. Before that, I think she was United Nations Ambassador. Um, so she has a lot of experience working in global affairs, and she is basically saying what I've been saying this entire time, which is that America first doesn't make any sense. It should be Americans first, and peaceful globalism is what that is. It is Americans actually being put first, unlike right now where it's your sovereign, it's the Leviathan being put first, if you will. Um, former Secretary of State Madeleine Albright criticized President Trump's, quote, America first stance when it comes to foreign policy, saying that has hampered the U.S.'s response to the coronavirus pandemic. Well, no shit. <laughs> no, duh. That's very obvious. That is pathetically obvious to everyone who actually understands what's going on right now. Hey, at least we have somebody calling it out. So, hey. I think that the current policy of America first or America alone or America thinking that it's the victim is totally wrong and counterproductive when especially we do know that there's nothing about this virus that says it stays in one country or that we're not in interconnected in terms of supply lines. Albright told the Hill during an interview about her new book, Hell and Other Destinations. Uh, I'm going to see if I can get that book. <laughs> Look, I'm sorry, but I actually do really very much like Madeleine Albright. She's done a number... She hasn't really done things. She's defended things I wouldn't have. Like, she defended the sanctions against Iraq in the 90s. Things like that. But overall, she has been a very solid fighter for peace. I'll always give her that much. I will always give her that much. I mean, she's done more fighting for peace as Secretary of State than James Baker did. Or than Colin Powell did. Or than Condoleezza Rice did, or than Hillary Clinton did, or that you know what John Kerry was an okay Secretary of State too. I mean, he wasn't great, but I think like he was pushing the Barack Obama administration away from really interventionist foreign policy. Because if you want to know, by the way, how Hillary Clinton served as Secretary of State in relation to Obama, you need to check out the book Alter Egos by Mark Lander. It's a great work. But, you know, Kerry was actually helping cause peace. He was one of the people pushing for the Iran deal, things like that. Um, but better than Rex Tillerson and Mike Pompeo and all those. 
she's really one of the, what, first of six Secretary of States that I felt was halfway deep. Again, John Kerry did an okay job. Not an outstanding job, but you know what? He did what he needed to. That he did what he needed to. Um, she added, quote, And so I do think President Trump's policy has hurt us in terms of how we're supposed to resolve this now when we have to work with other countries, when we have to make sure that we are dealing with a virus, as I said, knows no borders, but also needs to be dealt with by countries working together, sharing intelligence information, and not trying to take advantage of each other, but to understand that the only resolution is cooperation. So basically, what I'm getting from this is Albright confirmed for peaceful globalist. Um, wow. <laughs> Seriously, that, that's what I'm getting from this. These are the exact same criticisms I've been having the entire time. And the fact that we have somebody like a former Secretary of State on our side here, on the side of the actual population, not the made-up um, nationalistic population the president keeps playing towards, is absolutely amazing, and I love every second about this. But anyway... I'm I'm just really psyched about this. I really am. I am really happy that we have somebody who has worked in administration. Because you know what that shows? That shows that there are still sane people left. There are still logical people left in the government. Now, Albright hasn't been in the government in 20 years, but you know what I mean. She's still inspiring people. She still has a very noteworthy status as a diplomat, and a very famous one at that. Um, so, it's n this is really big. Like, really big on our part, guys. Trump's America First policy was one of the main platforms that he ran on in 2016 and is something that his administration has worked hard to implement during the first year of his presidency. That's my full response. Uh, <laughs> any other quotes from Albright? No, it doesn't look like there are any other quotes from Albright. That's something I hate that the Hill does. Like, they have an article quoting a person. It's like two paragraphs of that person, like another six of just context. Or various other comments somebody referred to made or something. Like, that always bothers me. Just give me the full quotes, link to the articles in more detail about that topic, and I'll read those. But anyway, this, guys, is absolutely amazing. I am so happy to see this. This made my day. It seriously made my day. To see somebody finally put in the word, what I've been putting in the word for the past, what, seven weeks now? It's episode 35, so seven weeks, seven straight weeks, finally somebody else has said it, and I, I am very happy about that. Anyway, um, now here's something that kind of takes away that happiness I was feeling. House Judiciary Committee calls on Bezos to testify as part of antitrust probe. Members of the House Judiciary Committee are calling on Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos to testify before the panel over concerns his disputes may have misled Congress in testimony about their use of data from third-party sellers. Um, we covered that on the show. He really didn't at all. In a letter sent to Bezos on Friday, the lawmakers cited a Wall Street Journal report, I mean the greatest source of all time, <laughs> Wall Street Journal, for those who don't know, is owned by Rupert Murdoch. 
The same guy who owns Fox News and The Sun. Trustworthy guy. Just trustworthy guy. Um, although if the Wall Street Journal is actually calling out a corporation, it must have done something bad. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that said, the company... Oh, have I already read... Oh, no. And now I'm on a topic page for Gary Nadler. Uh, <laughs> the company had used sensitive business data from third-party sellers on the website to create competing products. Okay, so what? Seriously, so what? What is the big concern here? I really don't get this. Oh my god, Amazon might also offer you an alternative at a cheap price. Oh no, guys. What are we ever going to do? Like, even if Amazon started doing this, you guys do realize there are still other online shoppers, even. Like, Walmart has a website. You can buy from that. eBay's still a thing. Um, what else is there? Basically, every retail store in this country has a website. Okay, buy locally then. Seriously, buy from them. Boycott Amazon if you truly want to. That's fine. But why are you then forcing us to engage in this boycott with you? I don't want to engage in your boycott. If anything, seeing this makes me want to buy more shit from Amazon just to piss you off. Because fuck you. It's really that simple. If you are this kind of person, I want you to be pissed off. Die mad, please. Die as mad as possible about the fact that Amazon still is the number one seller, and they got that way through quality. It's really that simple. They got that way through actual quality shopping and quality experiences, as well as just knowing when to ride the boom. But Bezos survived the entire dot-com crash. Seriously, you guys remember that point in the late 90s, early 2000s, where like all those dot-coms started disappearing? Bezos was one of the ones who survived that. And it wiped out. I've seen reports that said that wiped out like 10% of websites up until that point. After the dot-com bubble burst. Amazon.com survived. Seriously, it did. It did. And it did so through being better than its competition. Now, if you think they're too big and you're willing to sacrifice a little bit of inferiority, maybe a little bit of a higher price, just to boycott them, again, that's fine. I'm not going to stop you. Why are you forcing me to take part in it? Is it because you know your boycott's going to fail? It's because you just can't do it. That's what it comes down to. You just can't do it. <sighs> but no, these people, the antitrusters, completely hate the concept of poor people having things. That's what it comes down to. We've covered this on the show. I've talked about this a million times on Medium and on Liberty Hawk and on Freedom First. But notice how these people are always deriding the concept of cheap products, for instance. Off the top of my head. That was their big issue with Walmart. Was that, oh, the products are so cheap, people are just going to shop there. Okay. Oh my god, poor people can have things now. 
Oh, no! All our products are coming from China. They're cheaper now. Oh, God, guys. Poor people can have even more things. You know, it's really easy. And this is where some will say, Oh, Ephraim, you're being materialistic. Well, it's really easy to be an anti-materialist when you're already really fucking wealthy. That's my full response. You think any of these people are poor? You think any of these trust busters are poor people? You think Josh Holly isn't loaded? You think Ann Coulter isn't loaded? You think Soha Barami isn't loaded? You think Michael Moore isn't loaded? You think Pat Buchanan isn't loaded? You think Matt Gates isn't loaded? Or Gatiz? You think he's not loaded? I promise you they all are. All of them. And really what it comes down to is this ideology of them thinking they're speaking for the poor because they won't have to deal with the consequences. I've given this quote a million times before. It was Ann Coulter asking, is it really worth paying $3 for a teacher instead of 9 in regards to free trade? She makes over 200 times. She's over 200 times the net worth than the average American, almost 300. If t-shirts became $600, maybe she'd admit we'd have a point. That's how these people think. It is this complete hatred. Some of them are just do-gooders. The rest are elitists. They are the most stereotypical socialites in all of existence. Okay, but let's continue. The bipartisan group of lawmakers, which includes Judiciary Chairman Jerry Nadler, who, side note, has lost a lot of weight in the past 25 years. I, I've never got the chance to talk about this. Look up a picture of Jerry Nadler in the 90s and compare it to him today. And Nadler's still on the bigger side, don't get me wrong. And I'm not shaming him or anything. Seriously. I don't have an issue with that. Um, however... Look at him back in the 90s. It's just, it looks like Chris Farley is the only thing I can compare it to. Uh, and Representative Jim Sinis Brinner, that is, that's the name if I've ever seen one. David Celine, Ken Buck, Joe Nigus, uh, Nigos, Negus. Negus, that's it, Negus. Macatees, and of course Macatees, because he's looking for anything to distract from the fact that the Florida Bar Association is, is investigating him right now. Man, if you think being a corrupt piece of shit is going to stop Macatees from being on the House Judiciary Committee, you really don't understand Congress. And Pramla Jayapal. What is it with people in the house and having names that are nearly impossible to pronounce? Raised concerns that Amazon Associate General Counselor Nate Sutton may have lied to the Judiciary Committee's antitrust subcommittee in July when he asserted that the company does, quote, not use their individual seller data when we're making decisions to launch private brands. Okay. If these allegations are true, then Amazon exploits its role as the largest online marketplace in the U.S. to appropriate the sensitive commercial data of individuals who, by the way, gave it to Amazon. That's the other side note. I'm sorry, but I remember I saw this when it was going around with Facebook. These people who put all their information into Facebook and then get surprised when Facebook has all their information. 
Like, uh, what did you think was going to happen? Seriously. And don't get me wrong, Facebook's done things like shadow profiles, which I am against. I'm not necessarily even against banning those entirely, because that's someone who didn't agree. However, when it comes to things like Amazon, you gave them data, and now are complaining they have it, is what it comes down to. Place uh, individual sell. Marketplace sellers and then use the data to compete directly with those sellers, and the consumer wins. And the consumer always wins because that brings down the price of the product. I know that will confuse some elitists, specifically nationalists who are listening to this, but believe it or not, poor people rely on products not being a of a certain price. Okay, do we all understand that? We should all understand that. Um, and if you don't, you're probably a nationalist and an antitruster. Seriously, that's what it comes down to. It is people who've never had to worry about their own money talking about how we all just need to pitch in a little more. This is elitism. This is the same elitism we used to make fun of when it was celebrities doing it about the environment. Now, now all of a sudden, when it's America first, it's okay. This is just nonsensical. Seriously, this is nonsensical. And at the end of the day, there is no better word for nationalism, besides death cult, of course, than elitism, than snobbery, than this kind of hatred of the average man, which makes it especially ironic so many of these guys call themselves populists. Anyway, um, some of you guys may be wondering why I haven't talked too much about the Tara Reid allegations on this podcast. And the answer to be blunt is because I've already talked about them on Medium several times. By the way, go read my Medium articles um, on Tara Reid. They're very good. They are very good. And they debunk her claims like six ways from Sunday. The people are, no, I don't believe Tara Reid. I really don't. Okay? And I did, for the record, believe Ford. And I was wrong when it came to believing Ford mindlessly. And I'm not going to make that same mistake like all these Republicans want me to do of making the same mistake twice so I can be equally wrong about both parties. That's the thing that actually bothered me. All these Republicans who were attacking the media for covering the Kavanaugh accusations, now all of a sudden they have to spend 24-7 covering the Biden accusations because they were wrong for covering the Kavanaugh accusations. Completely circular reasoning. And this was, mind you, their end goal at the end of the day. During the Kavanaugh thing, it was once they found something that could maybe have been false, they attack the media nonstop, remove all ambiguity, make it appear that she is absolutely positively lying. And I don't know if Ford was lying or not. Maybe she was, maybe she wasn't. I think uh, Thabius, another guy from the Liberty Hawk, made the point that, yeah, she was probably sexually assaulted at least one point. However, she could not properly link that to Kavanaugh. That was the issue. But no, the entire Republican media said that she was lying up and down, so the entire mainstream media would therefore be afraid to cover any more sexual assault allegations than when one came across came around but then when one came up against a Democrat, they could all scream it was bias. That's how that went. That was their entire goal. 
during the Kavanaugh trial was to delegitimize the entire idea of sexual assault occurring by powerful people so they could therefore complain when people stopped covering it. And if you want to say Biden's getting a free pass because he's a Democrat, I've asked this time and time again. Where was that free pass for Harvey Weinstein, who was a big-wig Democratic donor? Where was that free pass for Anthony Weiner? Remember him, the representative who sent his dick to underage girls? What happened to him? Did he get privileged? No, he got kicked out of Congress. Where was that Democrat privilege with Al Franken? He didn't get any special treatment. Where is that Democrat privilege with John Conyer? Who had been in the House for 50 years by that point, was kicked out over an accusation. Did they have this mystical Democrat privilege I keep hearing about? No. No, they didn't. When there were rumors about sexual assault occurring not even by Sanders, but within Sanders' campaign somewhere, it nearly cost him any shot at the presidency. Seriously. It nearly cost him any chance at getting the presidency. But no, he got, he got Democrat privilege. Oh, shut up. Just shut up. We can't have Bill Clinton on TV anymore without somebody screaming the name of some woman who accused him or accused him of rape 20 years ago. 20 years, by the way, after that rape supposedly happened. You know, and by the way, my favorite thing about that was how it kept jumping. First, it was Paula Jones, who Ann Coulter defend, or, uh, would be defended in court Wittenauer, but Coulter still got on MSNBC, and now she's a columnist. Uh, <laughs> then Julia Broderick came along, and she made sure not to go to the courts, because that's what discredited Paula Jones. Seriously, that's what that came down to. That's why Broderick will never go to the courts to actually seek any kind of conviction, because when Paula Jones did, it was a complete failure because Paula Jones was lying. Because Paula Jones objectively was lying about having been raped by Bill Clinton. I'm sorry, but that is objectively what happened. I, I, eh. And by the way, my takes on Tara Reid as a whole have been getting me a lot of pushback from a lot of more right-wing people on my Twitter feed. And how, oh my god, I remember Knowles um, from the Daily Wire has his Twitter name now. Something like, Tara Reid is much more credible than Baisley Ford. How credible did you find Baisley Ford? Like, if we create this imaginary credibility scale, you, on like 1 to 10, you thought Ford was like a 1. Maybe a 2 on a good day. So, is Reid like a 3 then? Okay, that doesn't mean anything, but I'm rambling right now because, honest to God, everything about the Tara Reid thing bothers the hell out of me. Uh, for those who don't know her story, basically she was sexually assaulted by Joe Biden in 1993. Okay. She then left Washington and told various friends and family members, still in 1993, to the point where her mother even called in Larry King Live. Supposedly, there's still no evidence of this, despite the fact we should have phone records of it, but, you know, I guess those just went missing. Um, are they right next to all that money that disappeared in the Pentagon? Uh, <laughs> the $4.2 billion in the CNN phone records were stored right next to each other. It's very weird. Um, but anyway. <laughs> 
So then she left Washington because of this, but praised Joe Biden for about 23 years and said that she had left Washington because her husband got a job working for the governor of, I believe, California. Okay? Then in 2017 or 18, I forget exactly when, she started posting critical content about Biden, but she was calling him an imperialist. In fact, up until that point, Reid had directly said that she thought Biden was great on issues of sexual assault, despite being sexually assaulted by Joe Biden. What the hell kind of sense does that make? Um, but anyway, she then started calling Biden an ugly imperialist and more or less grew a left-wing view of foreign policy. She also then changed her story as to why she left D.C., saying she had always had these views, and it was her inability to work for the U.S. imperialist warmongers um, who dared, what, not let Mossadegh ethnically cleanse the Balkans, I guess, um, that caused her to leave D.C., okay? Then, Joe Biden started running for president. Okay, nothing really happened. Then, Joe Biden won a few primaries. Still nothing. Then, Joe Biden became the presumptive nomination, and all of a sudden, Tara Reid remembered she was sexually assaulted by Joe Biden 27 years earlier. Am I the only one who sees an issue with this? Seriously? Really, guys? This is the most believable claim we have against Biden? For that matter, where was Reed during Me Too back in 2017? That could have ended Biden's entire shot at the nomination. She didn't say anything. In fact, she was still praising Biden by that point for his amazing record on sexual assault, despite, again, being sexually assaulted by Joe Biden. Makes sense to me. No, she specifically waited till he became the nomination, not even, and mind you, there were a million other times where he was in public light. You could have done it when he was chair of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, or when he was running for president in 2008, or when he was running for vice president in 2008. Or when he was vice president. I'm sorry, but honestly, I cannot wrap my head around how anybody sensible, sensible could believe this. It's obviously nonsensical. Um, but anyway, I've been going on for nine minutes, and I haven't even gotten to the story I wanted to. Trump campaign goes after Biden with new ad on Tara Reid allegations. I figured I need to sort of throw in that whole backstory before I really start talking about the reaction to this. Um, I should note, by the way, that until we get 24 other accusers, one of which is 13, then Donald Trump is still worse here. Okay? Ephraim's Law of 2020, every single attack... Trump can make on Biden, Biden can retaliate against and do a better job. I'm being serious. That is my rule for 2020. And again, if Biden is smart, all of his ads will just be the same themes as Donald Trump, except with 
every single piece of evidence that he's a raging, hypocritical sack of shit. President Trump's re-election campaign released an online attack ad Friday against former Vice President Joe Biden, zeroing in on the sexual assault allegation against the presumptive Democratic nominee. The ad shows clips of Biden and other Democrat, Democratic leaders saying, quote, we should believe women. Um, by the way, I just want to po point out, Donald, if you want to open that door, again, 25 women, one of which is 13, or was 13. Uh, just want to say that again. Okay. Mostly in the context of the sexual assault allegation brought against Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh, Last year during his nomination. I thought that was a witch hunt. That's what the president was saying. That's what all the Republicans were saying. Is that that's a witch hunt. Um. Okay. So now we should act the same as we did during a witch hunt. All this makes sense to people. Like. Wow. This is. This is awful. Eh, anyway, Biden on Friday, that's today, for the first time publicly denied the allegation. We might get to that later. I have to see how much time we have. Uh, made in March by Tara Reid, a former Senate aide who alleges that Biden assaulted her in 1993. His campaign has previously denied her allegations. The, leader featured, or the leaders featured in Trump's attack ad have defended Biden against allegations but were critical of Kavanaugh. Again, I thought those people were in the wrong. Okay, and I thought that's why you never pulled Kavanaugh, which is, by the way, what would have made a lot of sense, was just pull Kavanaugh. I mean, some of the people who you had picking the justices, including one of the guys from the Federalist Society, I forget exactly who it was, directly said they had no preference. And so you pick the one who had all the rape allegations, Primarily just because what? So you could look a little bit tougher? Congratulations. Um, there will be a great temperature among Biden supporters to take his lackluster interview performance and declare, quote, case closed and move on. Eric Preener, a Trump campaign spokeswoman, said in a statement, quote, we do not know what, if anything, was done to Tara Reid but there cannot be one set of rules for Joe Biden and another set of rules for everyone else. Okay, again, you were the ones who wanted these rules. You guys were the ones who, during the Kavanaugh trial, demanded we have these rules that we're also now having provided. This is the case of you getting slapped in the face with the door because that's what you wanted. Because that is honestly what you wanted. Seriously, that is what these people were hoping would happen after Ford. They were hoping that if she was completely discredited, someone new would come up against a Democrat and they could scream hypocrisy after they scared the entire mainstream media away from reporting on sexual assault. Seriously, that is the entire goal here. And it was planned like that from the start. There were rumors that Trump knew that there were going to be allegations against Kavanaugh 
before he put Kavanaugh up. Now, now we live in a time where what? Where that was going to start happening. They wanted the entire idea of sexual assault to be discredited. That's what it comes down to. That is what they wanted. Primarily because the president was bitter that there were people like Bill O'Reilly and, you know, Roger Ailes getting accused of sexual assault, some of his best friends at the time. And now what we have is a system where we just can't cover sexual assault and it is entirely their fault. Do not forget who caused this in the first place. And it's the very same people who are now demanding that we dedicate 24 hours to looking into Tara Reid's claims who didn't want us to look into Kavanaugh's claims against Kavanaugh in the slightest. That's really what's going on here, and it is absolutely disgusting. Anyway, here's something more fun. Alex Jones says he will eat his neighbors to survive coronavirus pandemic. He doesn't have to worry about if that's against Twitter's terms of service or not now, does he? Uh... <laughs> Alex Jones will cannibalize his neighbors if that's what it takes to survive the coronavirus pandemic, he told listeners on his daily radio show. <laughs> Alex Jones is just something else, guys. Like, seriously. Or, I'm sorry, Bill Hicks is just something else. I, I get them confused sometimes. I'll admit it. I will eat my neighbors. I'm not letting my kids die. Alex, you don't have to worry about that. You don't have custody of your kids anymore. Okay, that was cheap. By the way, we always make sure here at Peaceful Globalist Review to wish Alex Jones a happy Father's Day. <laughs> I needed that after the whole terror read thing. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let, let's continue. I'm just going to be honest. Jones said during a segment of his live stream program, I have extraploited this out. I won't have to for a foof flat. I won't have to for a few years. How long do you think this is going to last, Alex? I thought that was the whole point of your protest. Isn't your home state of Texas already reopening? Like, really soon? Uh, but no, you're going to be on lockdown for a few years. The president doesn't even support these lockdown orders. Your governor, Greg Abbott, doesn't support these lockdown orders. The people of Texas don't support it. You led their massive protest with Owen Soyboy. Now all of a sudden, what? Oh my god, we're going to be locked down forever. Is that their first plot of Agenda 21, Alex? Remember that? <laughs> the thing from the 90s that you were saying for years is going to force us to live in Hobbit homes and ban golf courses? Uh, yeah, you remember when that was going to be the end of... No, is this the first stage? 30 years later? Oh my god. Because I have food and stuff, but I'm literally looking at my neighbors going, am I ready to hang them up and gut them and skin them and chop them up? This is why you were banned from Twitter. <laughs> and you know what? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to eat my neighbors, to eat my neighbors. 
My daughters aren't starving to death. I'll eat my neighbors. I'll eat your ass. <laughs> I've lost. I'm officially I'm sorry, guys. I, I just couldn't resist. That was honestly the funniest thing I've read in a while. Oh, Will, the notorious Austin-based host of The Alex Jones Show, has promulgated a range of conspiracy theories in recent years, including the idea that the 2012 Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting never took place. By the way, he has backpedaled on that so much as of recently. Like, so much. He's done all these segments. At first, he was saying for, like, a day that Lonza was a government plant that the kids did die. Then he started talking about it. We have segments, by the way, of him talking with another guy named Wolfgang, who is their big Sandy Hook truther guy. Um, Miles Prower has a really good video on him, if, you, if you're curious. Talking about how actually no kids died. And side note, those Sandy Hook conspiracy videos were just so nonsensical. Like, seriously, there was that whole theory that said that Anderson Cooper was standing in front of a green screen when he was talking to one of the mothers. and that Or that he was green screened in, I think is what it was. And his nose was disappearing, was there evidence? And then Jones kept showing this clip on his show saying CNN has obviously faked things before. And he showed a clip saying they had green screened something. And it was like a guy holding up a missile during the Persian Gulf War. And his reasoning was that the background wall, I think, was painted blue. Seriously, that was his reasoning. Um, there wasn't anything photoshopped in, it was just the background wall. And that whole theory was just so nonsensical. Miles Prower has a great video going into that, check that out when you get the chance, talking about how loose the evidence was. Another great piece of evidence, I'm not making this up, this is what one of them claimed, it wasn't Jones to my knowledge, but he has at least propagated these theories, was that Adam Lanza didn't, or made his bed the day before he shot up Sandy Hook. And why would you make your bed if you were going to go shoot up Sandy Hook? Isn't that like the second law of physics? You can't make your bed before you shoot up Sandy Hook Elementary in Newtown, Connecticut? Okay. Or they had a report that was dedicated, a FBI statistic report that was dedicated to the victims of Sandy Hook, which they claim said had no victims because they didn't read the fucking report. That was another one. Or there are so many of these. Seriously. And this is what actually gets me about Alex Jones' side note. We can make fun of the crazy man who screams about frogs being turned gay and how Hillary Clinton is satanic. 
and who puts on a lizard mask to talk about Obamacare. Seriously, he did that before. The lizard had a British accent, by the way. Just wanted you to know. Uh, <laughs> but it's the fact that he's a fucking chronic liar. Almost a compulsive liar. That actually gets to me. Like, I don't have an issue with propagating these conspiracy thoughts. It's that he has to lie in order to do it. Alex Jones is a piece of human shit. There, there's no way around it. Um, social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Spotify, gave him the boot in 2015, or 2018, but his website, InfoWars, still receives more than 10 million visitors a month. Jones, 45, um... Has been, let's see if there's more quotes. Uh, okay, here are some more quotes from Jones to end this whole thing. I'm a combat model. Optimum self-efficiency. Probably the leader, Jones added on his radio broadcast. My point is, have you thought about this yet? Because I'm somebody that thought I could fix this, and I'm starting to think about having to eat my neighbors. I just assume you're always thinking about eating your neighbors, if I'm honest, Alex. I just assume you think about crazy shit like that all the time. You think I like sizzling up my neighbors? How do you know you wouldn't if you haven't done so before? How I'm gonna haul him up by a chain, chop his ass off, I'll do it, my children aren't going hungry. His children are fucked, though. Also, again, do you even live with your children anymore? Just saying. Anyway, uh, that's all for tonight. Follow me on Twitter at EframJoeScene1. Check out my book, Ramblings of a Madman. If you have any new stories you want me to talk about or columns you want me to tear to shreds, or you want to email me something that you want me to read out on the show, then email me at PeacefulGlobalistReview at gmail.com. Until then... I'm Ephraim, and see you all on Monday.